to the Nehemiah podcast. As you can see, I am not the normal host, Patrice Sege, but my name is Charles Kears. It's a delight to be with you today. I am the director of the Nehemiah Urban Impact Movement. That's right. You heard it right. Impact Movement, right? We're intentionally creating and giving birth to a movement whereby we can transform inner cities worldwide with the gospel of Jesus Christ and entrepreneurship. Today in the studio, we have my friend uh, and co-fellow laborer in the gospel, uh, Steve Lewis. Steve is here uh, with us today, and we're going to talk about how we're going to create jobs, right? We've, we've got this ambitious goal to create over 100,000 jobs in the next nine years, because it actually started a year ago with the Nehemiah Project. And so we are engaged in it, and we are recruiting other individuals uh, to come alongside of us and work with us as we work with them to, to achieve their goals. And my friend Steve Lewis, who, who is the executive director of the Boost Pad, and he's going to tell you all about himself. He's going to tell you all about the Boost Pad, and then we're going to get into a few questions of how we can collaborate. We're both located in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina right now, where it is just raining cats and dogs outside. Uh, but uh, we're not going to let that stop us on the inside because the sun is definitely shining on the inside. So, Steve, welcome to the broadcast. We're so glad to have you here today. Tell us a little something about Steve Lewis. Well, Charles, uh, first off, thank you very much, and thank you to the Nehemiah Urban Impact Movement and the uh, collaborating partner that you all have been get the Blue Spad launched. Um, I guess the I would start with the fact that I'm blessed. We're all blessed. But uh, I'm the father of six. Uh, I have a set of 26-year-old twins. I have a set of 24-year-old triplets. And I have uh, our last child uh, that was born on Christmas Day. And I like to say that she's got a twin as well. So I would say that that's probably our most unique characteristic. Okay. All right. So you're a busy man with, with um, uh, uh, well, is it a house full of children or are you almost at uh, empty next to it because they're gone? Are you expecting them to come back? Have you kept their rooms, every place, everything in all the, the right places? Well, they are all gone at the moment. We did have them come back for a short time during COVID and that was a unexpected blessing. The, uh, everybody's going back to their Appointed places. The rooms are still here, although we are looking uh, in the next six to twelve months to the downsizing. We don't need quite that many bedrooms. Okay. Okay. So you're really going to be busy. Ah, that's that's good. So originally, where are you from, Steve? I am originally from New Orleans, Louisiana. From New Orleans. Oh my goodness! It, it's a good thing. It, it's a good thing that you're not there now, right? Because uh, with all the weather and everything that uh, is happening there, I mean, the storms, the, the hurricanes that are blowing through there, it's horrible what's happening uh, in the Gulf Coast. Uh, but you got good things to think about because now, is your wife from uh, New Orleans as well? My wife is originally from Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay, so now, do you cook? <laughs> I do cook. In fact, uh, last weekend I made a pot of red beans and rice. So, wow. Okay. Uh, now, you, I still got a little bit of Cajun in me. Okay, I'm just asking because uh, we need to check your gumbo skills and see how if you got some gumbo skills. 
So I'm checking on the sound right now. I think we're experiencing some a little technical difficulty with the sound. It says that it's a little unstable. So let's uh, we'll work on that. If you're watching, um, we're going to work on the technical side and making sure. Um, uh, okay, so so our 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 team in the back office said that they can they can in the studio they can deal with the sound. It sounds fine. Uh, it's a little choppy on my end. So if I ask. Uh, question over again it's because it's coming through a little choppy FYI all right so uh, with all the rain and stuff that we're getting here in North Carolina it could be um, impeding our, our internet uh, abilities but nonetheless let's jump right into it so tell me tell me about the boost pad because this is your your brainchild and um, you 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 um, are the the creator God has given you the vision of it tell us what the boost pad is. Now we can't hear you at all, Steve. Can you hear me? You can hear me, but okay. So let's see if we can hear you. No, can't hear you right now. So forgive us on the technical difficulties. We're going to get Steve back up and running. Um, and we're going to talk about the, the boost pad. As, he, as we work out these technical difficulties, I want to... Um, uh, talk about the accelerating kingdom impact to job creation, right? And so um, the Nehemiah Project, for those of you that are, are aware with the Nehemiah Project, and by the way, if you've not logged on to our e-community, we're going to encourage you to do that. You know, you can go on to uh, myurbanimpact.com. That takes you to our page, the Urban Impact um, Movement page. But then if you click on up in the right-hand corner, the um, the e-community, it'll take you to the e-community, and uh, actually you are able to see what we're doing um, by clicking on our logo and all the classes. We offer training, coaching, and access to capital to empower um, biblical entrepreneurs to do the work of the ministry in the marketplace. Um, let's see, Steve, are you there? Are you there with us? All right, so we're still clearing up those technical... Um, Difficulty. Can you hear us now, Steve? Yeah, I can hear. We can't hear you. You can hear me, but I can't hear you. I'm sorry. And so, as we as we figure this technical difficulty out, do me a favor and log on. You, it's it's accessible through your mobile device as well. And we've got classes that we offer entrepreneurs to help them anywhere from startup all the way to exiting. Now, the urban impact. The vision and our partnership with Boostpad really focuses on the startup phases, um, the the imagining phases or the discovery phases of entrepreneurship, and, and it's uh, the courses are are pertinent towards all individuals, whether you're in business or not. In fact, we've got uh, identity and destiny. We encourage you that if you don't know what God has called you to do in this time and in this season, you are here on the earth for a reason. Right. God has you alive because he wants you to be a part of his move, his impact and helping to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ throughout the world. And so don't allow the 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 oppression of the times, if you will, COVID-19, down economy, things that may get you down and, and cause your, your head to turn. If you to hang, if you are praying, God has an answer for you. And you're here on this broadcast today because 
we want you to understand that we want to help you to fulfill God's plan for your life. So let me go back and see if Steve's available at this time. Steve, are you there? Charles, can you hear me now? I got you now. All right. <laughs> no, that's okay. You know, with all that's going on, technology is wonderful, but it's not flawless. That's why God has humans, right? <laughs> exactly. And we're better when we're together in person. There you go. And so tell us tell us about the boost pad and, and how it came about. Talk about um, its mission, its vision, and what we're what we're doing with the boost pad here in uh, County. So the, the boost pad was kind of born out of um, the riots here in Charlotte in 2016. Um, I kind of looked at the, uh, the horizon and said, if we're not able to address um, the economic inequality uh, between the classes and the races, we would have a very difficult time moving forward. And so I looked at what you know I could do. I looked at my history. And we are still, you know, obviously dealing with some of these challenges. But I said, you know, entrepreneurship is a bit of my background. And it looks to me as a pathway forward for many people. And so that was kind of the beginning idea behind the boost pad. Uh, today, in terms of our mission statement, it is, you know, focused on community re revitalization and economic mobility for underrepresented and underinvested uh, citizens in our community here in Mecklenburg County. Um, knowing that God's kingdom is diverse, we're focused on women, people of color, uh, immigrants, the formerly incarcerated, and members of the LGBTQ community. Okay. So it sounds like you're, you're focusing on all people's groups. And um, is it the goal to bring the love of God to all of the people groups uh, through entrepreneurship? Well, I would kind of put it in reverse. You know, while God is the center of all of it, we want to use this as a platform to meet the needs of everyone. And through that and through serving them, uh, attract them and have them ask the question, well, why do you care? And at that point, begin to share the gospel with them. Okay. So, and that makes sense. So you meet the felt needs through entrepreneurship and, and job creation, and then, and kind of backward engineer, earn the right to speak into the lives of people and share the love of God so that they understand what the why behind, behind why you're doing what we're doing. So, so speak to me about what you see and your experience, because your experience, your um, career experience has been in banking. Is that correct? Yes, I spent 30 years working for the, the big bank here uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina. I was in um, the investment bank area in sales and trading and focused on structured finance and all of the things that kind of blew up in 2008 and nine, at least in this country, were the areas that I was focused on. Um, Asset-backed securities and mortgage-backed securities and commercial mortgage-backed securities was my focus. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so your, your experience in the banking industry certainly makes you qualified to uh, invest in individuals as entrepreneurs, but tell us about your passion for it sounds like you've got a passion for the underdog. Where did that come from? Well, I mean, I realized that that's what Jesus said. 
you know, go out and, you know, meet those in need. And whether it's the widows, whether it's the orphans, um, you know, we're called to serve them. And um, but I also realize that in today's world, um, that call may look a little bit different. And if we're not in, if we have economic inequality, um, we are struggling to create the, the platform that God has called us to. And so by you know, bringing uh, all individuals and providing an economic mobility opportunity and bringing them social capital, I believe that we are creating more of the, the world that God called us to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it, it's interesting because I know that you're aware of, what was the report that they talked about uh, the upward mobility and they measured the 50 cities in Charlotte, North Carolina wound up uh, number 50 on the list as it pertains to upward mobility. What was that report? I mean, it was the Chetty report out of Harvard with several other um, contributing authors. But as you said, it, uh, it ranked Charlotte as the 50th out of the 50 largest cities in this country um, for economic mobility. And, and what that really stated was that only 4% of the population that is born into poverty in this community um, has any chance currently of uh, rising to the top 20% um, of earners you know, in the country. And so wow. it, it, it created a major you know, slap in a, the face of a community that thinks itself is, is really progressive and creating you know, wealth amongst so many people. So, you know, that hearing that report and, and the credibility of that report from my, if I can re recall, it's from Harvard and I think Berkeley, um, California were, were in, involved in, in gathering that research. Um, when I first came to Charlotte, and I've not been here long, I was invited into a meeting of leaders, uh, economic leaders in Charlotte, and they were like, this cannot be the narrative of Charlotte. And they're committed to changing that narrative. And so I know that there was a launching of an organization called the Freedom Communities. And so there are a lot of initiatives that are happening in and about Charlotte to change the narrative. Interestingly enough, um, I was a business coach for Black Enterprise, which held their conference here in Charlotte for the, last, uh, the past two years. Uh, and they're pretty excited about the potential of Charlotte becoming um, the, the next big business mecca for the South. Of course, we know Atlanta is currently, it holds that seat. But Charlotte, with all of the resources and the assets that it has, and then the heart of the leaders, the current leaders, the current regime of leaders saying, hey, we're going to change the narrative where whereby Charlotte may have been last and up with mobility and, you know, 4% of the people being able to emerge out of concentrated poverty, they're saying enough is enough. You're creating, you've created the boost pad and the boost pad is designed to empower uh, disadvantage. And, and I like the way you put it, entrepreneurs by necessity. Talk to me more about the entrepreneurs by necessity and the design of the boost pad and what, what the experience is like. And we encourage, if you're listening, go on to the boost pad 
www.thinkinglibertarian.org and check it out because we're going to talk about in a minute how the collaboration needs to happen in order for us to cause Charlotte to emerge to the top, the head of the list is one of these cities to come live, play, work, and to worship and to do business. So tell us more about the, the, the platform that you've created. Well, let me first address your question about entrepreneurs out of necessity. There was a, a study done out of the University of Missouri in, I believe it was 2012, that looked back at the last great recession of 2008 and 2009. And, and what came out of it was that any, in any year, approximately 15% of the unemployed population become entrepreneurs out of necessity, i.e. people that have lost their job um, and as a result need to create their own business for um, financial stability. Uh, what was scary was that in, they looked at the 2008-9 period and the statistic jumped from 15% of the unemployed population to 28% of the unemployed population. And when those numbers are um, applied to Mecklenburg County, where I am focused and Charles is partnering with me, that could be as many as somewhere between three and 5,000 individuals currently thinking about you know, what their financial future looks like. And many of them will move towards entrepreneurship uh, in the direction that they're heading. Uh, so to answer Charles's second question, um, the Boostpad platform was originally thought to be a, an in-person incubator. And uh, because of COVID, because of the challenges there, and really the opportunities that have been presented, we have developed a virtual platform that is scalable and it is uh, it can be used not only in this community, but the model can be uh used in other communities as well. And there are a couple of unique features uh, on the platform. Um, so uh, Charles and another gentleman are currently serving as our entrepreneurs and residents. They have the primary responsibility for working daily uh, and more likely weekly with the entrepreneurs to make sure that they are advancing through the curriculum and benefiting from all that the platform has to offer. There are, so that Next is obviously the entrepreneurs that we want to support. They're the focus of the platform. We are an entrepreneurial-focused uh, platform as opposed to a, a, a company-focused platform. Not everyone that comes on the platform is going to start, but hopefully what we do is teach them some entrepreneurial skills and help them to make the decision whether or not they're supposed to be a founder or they're supposed to be a supporter or working with another company. And in today's world, learning to be an entrepreneur uh, is one of the most valuable skills that you can have. Um, the focus, as I said, is also community revitalization. And so we are creating an online community of entrepreneurs, of mentors, and then subject matter experts. And these are local small businesses and minority-owned businesses that you know, have expressed interest in working in the startup community. And our innovation is this concept of something called startup currency. So part of the capital that we raise um, is what we're calling a hand up as opposed to a handout. 
So each time an entrepreneur uh, finishes and completes one of the uh, learning units, Charles and our other entrepreneur in residence will be crediting their startup currency bank for those entrepreneurs located in Mecklenburg County with a deposit. And as they complete uh, all 10 learning modules and the classes that we've arranged, um, their startup currency bank will be opened up. At that point, in a, uh, a double bottom line effect to the community, that currency will stay within the community uh, and can only be used to hire um, subject matter experts that can help them to launch their business. As Charles said early on, we're focused on the ideation to minimal viable product. We want to help people begin the journey. And we realize that many of our focused entrepreneurs don't have the capital or what is called friends and family capital in certain entrepreneurial circles to get these businesses started. And we know that getting them started on the firm foundation is incredibly important. So that's really the focus uh, of our capitalization. But it's also to create community and support and create a concept of giving back. Um, you know, we want to be able to take this into different parts of the community. A, a major focus and one of Charles's primary objectives is take it into churches, area churches that help their members become um, you know, significant uh, entrepreneurs and be able to support their local church and be able to grow the wealth in the local community. Sure. So the the process, um, and Steve, we're, we're actually streaming live on, on Facebook and other platforms. Um, and so we'll, we'll take the time to answer some of our viewers' questions as well um, and answer their questions as it pertains to the things that, that uh, we're saying. So we've got Calvin, who is actually a, uh, one of our French-speaking brothers, and he's asking the question, um, and you see it on the screen, it's in French, unless you parle de français, you, you won't get it. But uh, we do have uh, Victor and the other guys in, in, our, in the background that actually are French speaking, and they will do interpreting. So he's asking specifically about urban uh, growth and what uh, business looks like, business development looks like in the urban communities. Well, one of the things is that we want to we want to understand first of all that I believe that entrepreneurship is not rocket science. Okay, it can be learned, it can be taught, and it's happening in urban communities whether we recognize it or not. Just because Harvard hadn't gotten a hold of it, or you know Yale or Berkeley or University of, of North Carolina or any of the institutions have gotten a hold of it. There is uh, what I call the underground economy in urban communities. And so we've got urban entrepreneurs that are entrepreneurs by necessity, and they run businesses, both underground businesses and above ground businesses. And they may not be legally formed, but they're making money to take care of their family. And I'm talking about the legal stuff. For instance, we've got uh, uh, one of my clients has a, a person over in a, a Atlanta area, uh, a hairdresser that actually has been doing business for years, but their their legal papers are not quite where they need to be. I've got people up in Brooklyn, uh, people in Massachusetts, people in, in Orlando, 
and probably here in Charlotte as well, they're doing business, but they're doing business underground. What we're encouraging uh, through the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, first of all, the Bible says, if any man be in Christ Jesus, he's a new creature, old things pass away, behold, all things become new again. We don't look down on anybody because we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we're going to get rid of the self-righteousness and we're going to bring people into the love of God and the forgiveness of God even the playing field, and take underdogs and make them top dogs because, in fact, they are running um, businesses and empires by necessity. Now, I'm going to tell a little bit about myself because I come from one of those families whereby my dad was a number one uh, number runner in Brooklyn, New York. He was That was before uh, you had the lotteries that made um, numbers legal, and, and, and they're starting to raise money for education, just like they... You know, marijuana is legal in many states, and so the very things that we were doing stealthily underground has become above ground and have become legal entities to make a lot of money, but a lot of urban entrepreneurs doing it illegally wind up in prison, and so that's a whole other discussion for another day. However, I know that you do have a segment of the population that you actually target in your um, business model, the Boost Pads business model targets returning citizens, helping individuals that have caught a charge to come back into society, not being shamed by the fact that they got, you know, caught a charge, got in trouble with the law, but now they can be above ground and we can teach them. And, and particularly from a biblical standpoint, our goal at Nehemiah is to help individuals to develop a biblical entrepreneurial mindset. I want to stop there for a minute. A biblical entrepreneurial mindset. Because if you go through the scripture, you will find individuals that caught a charge, but God used them mightily. So I want to say to all of my brothers and sisters that, that may be re-entering citizens. Now, that I have two definitions for that. Formerly incarcerated, and then also our veterans are returning citizens, right? And they're being integrated back into society Entrepreneurship is a great way, a platform, a pathway for them to excel, to become everything God has called them to become. So here's my next question for you, Steve, because we're we're in it to win it. We're doing difficult work. This is not for the fainthearted, right? right. This is work that as we engage and we take uh, individuals and we're coaching them up and we're praying them through and we're helping to train them based on the principles, the basic principles and disciplines that you need to be successful. They can have this transformation. And then what role, here's my question, what role does entrepreneurship play in creating sustainable jobs? Well, I'd like to introduce one of our first entrepreneurs who's not with us today, but I will introduce him uh, from our relationship. So uh, we met Justin on the streets of Charlotte. Um, Justin was recently released from prison and also currently homeless. And uh, Justin came to a Bible study that we were hosting. And uh, he, he, it was very you know, obvious that he was interested in straightening his life out. He had joined AA and... He had just gotten his six-month chip, um, meaning that he had been sober for that period of time. And as we got to know him and we got to know his heart and we got to know of his love for Jesus and the fact that he was re you know, relying on that relationship to help him 
to reestablish himself, we, we wanted to bring him into the boost pack. And so we did. Um, Justin, by background, is a handyman. So he goes around fixing houses, you know, handling small projects, painting, um, doing siding work, doing roofing work. And but given his past background, Justin had never earned more than $150 in a week. And I realized that I'm talking to many people uh, around the world that that may be a lot of money to. Um, but in today's world in Charlotte, North Carolina, um, that's a, not a sustainable living. So the long and short of it is that Justin entered the boost pad. We were able to help him legally establish his company. Um, we established it as the name of WebWeb, which stands for why I believe what I believe. And it gives him um, a platform as he's you know, talking about bidding on projects. People always say, well, what is WebWeb? And it you know, gives him a chance to start to share the gospel. So creatively creating companies that you know, give you the opportunity to tell a story is part of what we're trying to do on the booth pad as well. But um, Justin is now earning 10 to you know, 50 times that on a weekly basis. Um, he's now also gone back and hired uh, two people that were you know, formerly homeless to be on his you know, staff. And it's just an amazing turnaround that would not be possible without the, the resources of something like the boost pad, but more importantly and more significantly, his relationship with Christ. Wow, that's incredible. So, so entrepreneurship then has the ability to create jobs that then have the ability to transform communities, families, and individuals. Would you agree? Oh, totally agree. Um, and I think it also has the ability to bring you know, the races together, to create an opportunity um, for people of all colors and all backgrounds to come together for a common purpose and to realize that uh, together um, we're strong as opposed to divided we lose. Sure. So, so I want to I want to um, kind of do a brain game with you and with our audience, right? So, when we That's think about <laughs> when we think about the the impact of entrepreneurship and job creation, what impact does entrepreneurship and job creation have? First of all, on the community. Secondly, on the family. And then thirdly, on individuals. Now, if you're watching by Facebook, you can, or any of our other social media, you can go ahead and type it in the chat and tell us. For instance, and I'll start it out. So, one of the impacts that uh, entrepreneurship, job creation, and entrepreneurship has on the community, it reduces poverty and it builds or strengthens the middle class. What's another thought you have? Well, I remember when. You know, one of the early projects that we worked on was something called Startup Weekend. And it was focused on high school kids. And what we did was, you know, we brought them in to a local um, historically black uh, college here in town called Johnson C. Smith for a weekend of learning entrepreneurial skills. And so my daughter, as well as 
several other children. We had, I think, 25 individuals in the program. We, we showed them what does it look like to be an entrepreneur? So when you ask about the family, it's a great opportunity to, you know, we, we used to have the go to work at day with your parent. This is an opportunity to go to work at life with your parent. And go to work at life, right. So it has the ability to, to bring families together, to work with them. And then you just mentioned one pr previously that it has the ability to bring the race the races together, to bring different people groups, different races of people together. Here's another one. It has the ability where community is concerned, it has the ability to, to lessen crime and corruption and trafficking. Because think about it. If we help to deliver people out of the criminal element, and there is no need for corruption because, again, if any man be in Christ Jesus, we're going to change the heart with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So you don't want to be a corrupt individual. And certainly you do not want to be trafficking other people, making money off of people in illicit ways so we can eliminate that. Here's another one to think about. And I, hopefully I'm getting some into the in the chat as well. We get to increase training and education for families and individuals. You talked about Johnson C. Smith, and we work with um, CPCC and and uh, the University of North Carolina, Charlotte, and working with different institutions of higher learning. We want our entrepreneurs to be on a track to grow themselves. Because think about it. If they are willing to grow themselves, then they're, they're able to grow any kind of enterprise. So that's what the Nehemiah Project focuses on. We help to coach individuals. We help to train individuals, and it's all about growing the individual, and then we can give them the technical skills, which is more of your platform. You've got a platform laid out to give you technical skills to, to get an idea, to, to do customer discovery, to validate that idea, and build a business model around that idea. Give me some more, more things that you think will, will happen if we're embracing this entrepreneurial mindset and, and we're helping to create these new jobs. Well, you, you touched on it in a slightly different way, but it's the creation of social capital. You know, that is part of the, um, what that really does is takes the various elements um, of bringing people together and providing the opportunity for those that wouldn't regularly have access to certain members of the community or certain resources in the community and connecting them to those resources. Mm -hmm. And everyone's there. Um, we're working with uh, several uh, very uh, established businesses right now that have no idea that there is the uh, North Carolina Food Innovation Lab just up the road from us. Wow. A facility um, that is built on food innovation. Mm -hmm. And so, and that is going to be an amazing place, you know, tomorrow, much less 10 to 15 years. And as we look at many of these um, small businesses and uh, th that that will be a resource that we can connect people to, much like the universities that you mentioned, much like other um, ecosystem partners that are so you know, important to the growth of small businesses. Yeah, I've got one, probably one of my favorites. That's great, Steve. One of my favorites, when I think about entrepreneurship and its ability 
to impact people's lives by creating jobs. Now, I want to I make this disclaimer, right? Because, again, I believe part of the key in helping to transform communities to empower the underdog to become the top dog is a paradigm shift, a, a way we view the world shift. we got to shift our thinking. And so the old paradigm is go to school, get a good education so you can get a good job. However, in this new paradigm, instead of just going to school and get a good education so you can get a good job, you've got to become a job maker as opposed to a job taker, right? And you're creating jobs by creating this small business machine, this entity that has systems, simple systems and processes, and it could be in any industry. Doesn't It's not simply in large, high-tech industries. Jesus said, if you want to be great, do service. Become a servant, right? So the service industry is open game for people that want to work with God and do great things. Now, God will give you creative technologies. He will give you kingdom innovations to be able to take very simple things like landscaping or painting or sheetrock or whatever it is and turn that into a robust technological sound automated business that no one saw coming i.e the automobile and henry ford right <laughs> imagine our entrepreneurs becoming the next jeff bezos bezos was just a book i mean amazon was just a book company Right, selling the online books, and now it's this behemoth of a company that is is creating millionaires and billionaires. But they had to start somewhere. Is my point. And so here's one of the things that that I'd like to 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 sow as a seed into the thinking of our audience: that through entrepreneurship and job creation, we have the ability to lessen our dependence on the government and government programs and welfare. Oh my goodness, what a wonderful way to live your life free of government control, government dependence, and allowing the government to become a servant to the people as opposed to the people serving the government because it's all of this, it needs all of this bureaucracy to do. And we're not getting into politics here, but that's one of the things that's, that's very exciting. Here's another one, to be able to spur economic and environmental innovations. So Harvard has the, um, it's the initiative for competitive inner cities, right? And we get a lot of our research from Harvard so that was urban impact movement, because I believe that as we build things out based on the kingdom of God in science, we can't lose. And so when we think in terms of spurring innovation to control environments, so that people can live healthier lives. Think about that. They can live healthier lives. They can have access to healthcare. They can have access to a dentist. I don't know about, now I'm a brother from the hood, right? <laughs> so I can say some things that you ain't gonna get away with my man, right? <laughs> but, but, but we're in this together because together we stand stronger and we're united and we can accomplish things. But a lot of folks in the hood, they, can't go to the dentist and they can't get their mouths worked on and they can't when they when they have to go to a for a job interview or an opportunity a business opportunity they're ashamed of the way their mouths look right and 
they're not able to, to have exude the confidence. Just think about through job creation and business development, all of these wonderful ancillary things that we don't even tie to entrepreneurship and job creation, the ability to have individuals, families to come back together. I did an interview the other day uh, with a, a, a top-notch lawyer out of uh, Orlando, and, and she brought to my attention as we were doing some customer discovery questions and finding out what the market would bear. And she said, you know, Charles, it's not either or when it comes down to corporate employment and being, you know, climbing the corporate ladder or entrepreneurship. She said it's and and both. She said and she gave this story how her husband was a, 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 an entrepreneur. She's a widow now, but her husband is was an entrepreneur. Excuse me. Her husband was a corporate type and climbed the ladder in several um, uh, very large corporations while she, he allowed her to pursue her entrepreneurial dream of with real estate. And so they were able to build a great life together and, and, and he suddenly passed away. And so now she had to take her entrepreneurial uh, efforts and to be able to sustain the family. So think in terms of the freedom that's created through entrepreneurship and job creation. So as we, we, we talk about this, Steve, and we talk about our collaboration, the Nehemiah Urban Impact Movement's collaboration with the Boost Pad, I see great opportunities uh, that, that are just on the threshold of an explosion to be able to bring revival into community. Talk about what you see with that, with our relationship and our collaboration going forward. Well, before I go there, you know, as you were talking, one thing popped in my head. And, you know, not only are we creating economic mobility and opportunity, I think that we're also opening up the idea to communities that they can be investors. Um, you know, people, as you said, the hood, I'm not going to call it the hood, but as you described it, you know, often think, well, I don't have the money to be an investor. But let's just think out loud for a second. Let's, let's think about um, Jane that is the taco truck uh, um, business creator. And so she's got um, a, a business on wheels. And all of a sudden, she realizes that you know, she needs an additional you know, $3,000 to get her, um, her her business really going. Well, if she was to you know, create a, an investment vehicle, goes back into the community and raises money from you know, 20 people in the community, and all of a sudden they, they're invested in Jane's taco truck, guess what? When they want to go buy a taco, where do you think they're going to go? Right. And, you know, this all of a sudden starts this circle where not only are they getting taxes from the truck, but they're also getting returns from the investment as, you know, Jane grows her business. So we, we also have to shift this mentality of only the wealthy can be investors. There are ways in today's world um, through crowdfunding and non-accredited investor you know, structures where individuals that don't think of themselves as investors today um, can be become investors. Sure. And I think it's important to realize. Well, and that's part of the, the paradigm shift in the education. So in addition to training individuals to understand how to be entrepreneurs and how to be businesses, uh, business owners, 
but we also have to teach people how to uh, think about business in that you have, you know, the cash flow quadrant, you have uh, the, the job, you know, and I tell people a job is just a starting point. It gets you started, you know, but if I'm a good employ employer, you know, I'm going to pay you enough to keep you coming back. I'm not going to pay you enough to make you rich. I'm going to pay you enough to keep you coming back because a job is not where you're supposed to finish. But you're supposed to travel into the quadrant, the self-employment quadrant. And so now you're self-employed and you got your side hustle, but your side hustle only work when you hustle. Well, that's not really a business. A business is a machine, an automated environment where you have simple systems and processes that works without you. And you scale to that point where now you're not trading, trading uh, hours for dollars, but you're actually creating systems that really, they're simple systems that teenagers can run. Because if you look at the great franchises, the McDonald's of the world, the Burger Kings, maybe the Chick-fil-A's, or I was at Smoothie King the other day, and uh, it's brand new franchise, brand new open, but it's being run by teenagers because the systems, the, the subways of the world, all of those are scalable businesses that, that can be scaled around the globe. And so when we think in terms of entrepreneurship, we're not simply talking about having a, an idea where you just have to have an idea to start something. No, you can you can borrow somebody else's machine while you're working on building your own machine. In other words, if you're a pie making machine and, and there's a pie making company, go work for the pie makers in an entry level position. Learn how they make pies. And oh, by the way, I want to learn your system because I want to start a new pie making machine on this side or on in Africa or we're in five. We're in five. Five continents. We're in 38 different state uh, countries. Uh, we've, we've in the last 20 years, Nehemiah has impacted over 20,000 entrepreneurs. We've coached over 2,000 businesses, and so there is room for growth all around the world. Here's what we do: is we've got to break the mentality of scarcity. Here's and here's how we do it. Jesus said, "I've come that you might have life." and have it more abundantly. Here's a scripture, in, and I encourage our readers to go look at uh, Genesis chapter 13, because we're, we're cut from the seed of Abraham. We're in line with the blessings of God. God said to Abraham, I'm going to bless you until all the families of the earth are blessed. And he said in, in Genesis, because I don't want my, my our audience to over-spiritualize anything when it comes down to business when it comes down to God's desire and will for them to prosper. John says, I, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. But in Genesis, it says that Abraham, God made Abraham rich, very rich in cattle, silver, and gold. Now think about this. We're talking about the power of entrepreneurship. The only way legally, right, you can get someone else's money through exchange is that they've got to give it to you because you've got a good or service that they want. Now, anything else might get you might get you a charge. <laughs> you might wind up someplace you don't want to be and they got bars on it, right? But we're not encouraging that kind of entrepreneurship. That underground stuff, we're doing away with that. And we're encouraging our brothers and sisters that have been engaged in Carter Charge to come up above ground, get trained, get involved with an entrepreneurship program with the boost pad get involved with an entrepreneurship program here at the nehemiah project my my urban you can go online and check us out we've got 
some classes coming up. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But I want I want our listeners to understand that that the power through the power of the gospel, because the gospel changes an individual, changes their heart. But then the power of entrepreneurship, right? And and there are people. You and I are working on a project where we're bringing people of different walks of life together because they're wanting to help people that need a hand up. They want to help people to succeed in life. They want to see people win. We're working on what we're calling golf for a change, right? We're working on bringing golfers together. They're they're going to have fun. They're going to relax. They're going to make money. But here's the thing. They're going to make a difference. They're going to make a difference because they're going to help us to fund and scholarship some of our entrepreneurs through our different programs. And they're going to help us to raise money and make contacts so that we can create businesses that can be successful. We're going to create businesses that are not just solo entrepreneurs where it's just, you know, one founder, one person. Those are okay. But we want to take those solopreneurs and help them. Just think about it. If those solopreneurs just create five to 10 different jobs, what type of impact that would have in our communities? And so I want to, I want to expand the thinking of our listeners and expand the thinking of our partners. We're looking for partners. We're looking for donors. We're looking for golfers. I was just on a call, Steve, I didn't tell you that. I was just on a call with um, uh, the Chamber of Commerce Cleveland Foundation and some folk up in Cleveland, Ohio. Right, and we're talking about the work that they're doing in Cleveland with the uh, enterprise zones, the investment zones, and we're talking about how if we partner together, not only can you help to renew the properties and build new buildings and create new landscape, but here's the thing: we can engage the indigenous residents of the urban communities where this investment is needed. So now there's that partnership, and oh by the way. If you want to travel with me to Cleveland, I got us an uh, opportunity to go and and host a top golf event. <laughs> We're going to do one in Portland, Cleveland. We're going to do one in Orlando. We're going to do one in Atlanta and here in Charlotte just to pilot it and say, hey, there is a solution to every problem. And you know why I'm excited about this, Steve? Is because when we work with God, rather just call ourselves working for God, all things are possible to okay. them. Yes. I mean, I, and I think that, you know, that kind of speaks to entrepreneurship as well. And, you know, how do you, how do you fund an idea? Well, well, maybe it is something like golf for change where there is a, an outreach that may be different than your primary business, but you're serving the community in a way that, and, and they, they begin to know you. Um, you create some of that social capital uh, you create a buzz around what you're doing, and you get to share with them and, and bring them alongside. Um, you'll find mentors there, you'll find investors there, and you'll find customers there. I mean, I'm really, really excited about Golf for Change. One, so I can learn from Charles and drop my handicap. meet people that are, you know, that love golf. And, you know, at that point, I get to share Christ with them. I, I get to share my love of entrepreneurship with them and begin to convert them into uh, Christ-following supporters. Yeah. You know, the amazing thing as we as we engage communities, uh, communities and people in our community across 
socioeconomic backgrounds and we're saying, hey, we're, we're so much stronger together than we are apart, right? And time for segregating and, and dividing people, those times are over. This is the United States of America. We need to come together. Jesus put it this way, a house divided against itself cannot stand. And so we're living in some very crucial times because there are angry people out in the streets and people are doing things, rioting and killing and revolting. And, and we don't condone any of that. We're against, fully against all of that. But we are for people's rights and, and, and freedom. Uh, Jesus came to set us free so that when we unleash the power of inner cities communities, here's what I believe, that there are diamonds in the rough that as we mine for these diamonds in these inner city communities and these, these entrepreneurs by necessities in these communities that have been left out of the process and we give them access and, and, and create a pathway for them to win and, and we help to mentor them, to train them, to father them, to mother them, to encourage them, to overcome all the obstacles that they, they have to face. See, that's what you have. You, you've got to create an environment for people to win. And entrepreneurship allows for us to create that environment using a, a creative mindset, a, a mindset that, that is not stifled or stymied because of tradition. It's allowing us to tap into the wisdom of God, the heart of God and saying, God, you see the problems that we're facing, right? In our audience, there are people praying for solutions. And we're creating pathways for them to get to those solutions through our classes, through our training. We have a, a biblical entrepreneur certification training coming up in October. We have our identity and destiny classes coming up. We have all kinds of trainings available for individuals that will engage on our e-community. We have the freemium version. You don't have to even have any money. Just jump on the community and start to engage. But then we do have to pay our coaches and our trainers because a man that doesn't work, he doesn't eat, and our coaches and trainers like to eat because they work hard. This is hard work. But then also the scripture says that a laborer is worthy of his hire. So everything's not going to be free, and everything is not on the cheap. Everything is not. We need you to put some skin in the game. If you're ever going to get to a point that that fourth part of that, that um, cash flow quadrant, when you come to an investor and you want investors to invest in you, they want to first of all know how much skin do you have in the game. And then the second thing they want to know is can you be trusted and can I get my money back, <laughs> right, with a reasonable return on my investment. And so we want to train our communities to come to, to, to be the answer that they're seeking, right, and, and to take from the dirt, because this is how God, the greatest entrepreneur ever, he started something from nothing, from the dirt. And we don't care where people are. We don't even care about your past. What we're concerned about is your future. And we're here to help you to secure your future by accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Oh, by the way, did you not know that I was a preacher? <laughs> oh, really? So I'm going to introduce you anytime I get a chance, man, because the greatest decision you can ever make is to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And I'm going to I'm going to close this out today with a brief prayer. But before I pray, yeah, before I pray, I'm going to throw it back to you, Steve, because 
I probably didn't ask all the questions, and this is not this is the first time on our podcast, won't be the last time. But what didn't I ask you, and what information do you want to give to the people before I pray? Well, I, I think you know, I don't think anything's coincidental. And as we were sitting here, from you know, just our website, which is as you said, the, the boostpad.org, we had an individual register to be a subject matter expert. And I wow. happen to know this individual. And his name is Arash Amani. And Arash immigrated to the States when he was three from Iran. Now, we got to know each other. Um, and, you know, he's from a Muslim background, but he accepted Christ very young. And we have been working on food projects together. And it's just amazing to me that as we're sitting here talking to a global audience, someone from another country jumps on our platform and I see him pop up on our screen. Wow. What a wonderful God we have. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. With that, I'll turn it back to you. Yeah, we are We are excited about this. And guys, listen, we're not saying that we know everything, but there are certain things that we do know. And, and here's the facts with me, right? No one can take away my testimony that over now 1977, over 40-some-odd years, when I was in the midst of mugging someone, and I heard these words, there is a better way. And God entered into my life. And of course, God was in my life all the time, saving me from my crazy self. But he, he came into my life and my consciousness in such a way that I knew it was God. First, I thought it was the police and I was going to catch a charge and I was going to jail. <laughs> I was going to Rikers Island with everybody else that went on long vacation from the hood, right? <laughs> but then I realized and God, by his Holy Spirit, began to show me that there was a pathway out of the ghetto, out of, you know, these urban environments that are not healthy, they're toxic. And he began to show me that through, um, I tell people that for me, football was my ticket out of the ghetto. And then he showed me that education was a way to grow myself and prepare me for everything that God wanted me to do. And now with golf, I tell people, listen, golf is my has become a passport for the world for me. And so I use golf as a tool in my toolbox to meet people like Steve and to meet people like Garrett and to meet other people that, that have come alongside and say, hey, we want to help you to do what God has called you to do because we're doing what God has called us to do. And if everybody does what God calls them to do, we can get rid of a whole bunch of this animosity and hatred. The world doesn't go far on hatred at all. In fact, it goes down and it demises Hatred is not something that we want to embrace. But here's the three things that shall abide always. Faith, hope, and love. And we've got to learn to love each other with the love of God, allow the love of God to come into our hearts and, and just change us from within. And therefore, we will see ourselves working across racial barriers. There, there, there's no racial barriers. You know, Steve is my brother from another mother, right? And, and so we, we can get together and work together. We can have critical conversations together. We can disagree without being disagreeable. And we can serve one another and help each other to understand each other so that we can, we can see the greatness that's still locked up. I believe that the best is yet to come. I believe that many of the solutions to the problems that we're facing is locked up in the individuals that we will serve. And so here, I want to close this out because we're probably over time and, and, and the fellows in the studio is probably 
screaming at me right now. <laughs> I don't see, I don't, I don't see a, a message yet. But uh, I just want you guys to know, first of all, this is purely from a heart of love that we love you and we thank God that you somehow you're listening to this, whether it's the recording or whether you're alive with us right now. We want you to know that this is no coincidence that you're hearing about the love of God and that God has a plan for your life. And many of you will never become pulpit ministers. You don't have to become a pastor. You don't have to just serve on the usher board and sing in the choir. No, the marketplace is your place of ministry. And we want to equip you with the tools to be successful in the marketplace, to bring Jesus, the light of the world, into the marketplace, into the government, and help us to transform the world and make this world a better place. I know it's doom and gloom that's going on, COVID-19, down economy, fires out in, 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 in the West Coast and storms. I recognize that. But here's what I recognize more than anything else, that the God of all creation loves you and he gave his only begotten son for, for you. And all you do is have to simply ask him to come into your life. In fact, I'm going to pray a quick prayer to that end. And I'm going to ask that you, as we just pray. Now, if you're driving, don't bow your heads because we don't want no accidents. <laughs> if you're walking in the hood, keep your eyes open because we don't want nobody ripping you off neither, right? And so, here's, and I'm, I'm joking. But, but here's what I want to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, for those that are, are here on this broadcast and that will listen to this, this, we will view this podcast later. We pray, God, that you would just permeate their hearts with your love and help them to know the love of God. And Lord, right now, that you would help them to receive Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And as they do, and they say yes to your will, that you would unveil your purpose, your plan for them. And God, there's that businessman or woman that may have been doing business underground. God, we pray that you would cause them to be born again and that they would come above ground and that they would get into our programs and that they will, they will help to get on these platforms and we, we can help to shape them into the men and women of excellence that you've called them to be. And God, we pray for divine connection, divine favor, and the divine will of God to be done. God, we're simply yielding ourselves as servants fit for the master's use that we might do business with you. Take this podcast and use it as you will. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And amen and amen. All right, guys. Thank you so very much, Steve. Thank you for, for joining us. Guys, go into our website, the, the NehemiahCommunity.com or urban, MyUrbanImpact.com or the Boostpad, TheBoostpad.com, excuse me, .org, and check us out and find out more about what we're doing. Join the communities. Join us together. We can do so much more together. And I'll see you at the top because that's where we're going in Jesus' name. All right. Amen.